the Collect Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. My name is Holly Powell, and I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. And we have not one, but two special guests with us today. Two special guests. And uh, I don't know what order to um, to introduce them in. I'm gonna. This is Frank. all started with Frank, so I, I nominate Frank. Okay. Yeah. Frank, tell us who you are. I'm Frank Logue, and I am the Canon of the Ordinary of the Diocese of Georgia, which is a uniquely, quirkily, stupidly Episcopal way of saying I'm an assistant to the Bishop of Georgia. <laughs> And I'm Mary Love Parrish. I'm an associate priest at St. Andrew's Episcopal Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I write the church work blog and am founding a farm-based ministry, Plain Song Farm. Well, great. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Glad to be Yay. here. It's a pleasure. Well, this podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life. And normally I would give you a collection and we would talk about a collect. Uh, but we're actually doing something a little bit different today. Well, we're doing a lot of things different. We've got two people here, and we are not going to be talking about a collect this week. What? But I know. I know. So really, I guess maybe we should just call this podcast The Call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but, but before we get into what we are actually doing, I need to um, issue a uh, retraction. Retraction, retraction. Oh, no! Take it back! <laughs> During our last episode on the Feast of the Confession of St. Peter, we told you at the very end of the show that we were going to be doing, um, that our subsequent episode was going to be about the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul. We did. We did tell you that. And uh, this is the subsequent episode, and uh, this show is not about that. It's not about that at all. Yeah. But you meant it at the time. You did. I, I, I did mean it at the time. Uh, but We I, would never intentionally mislead our faithful listeners. No, no, we wouldn't do that. But Holly, uh, since, I, since I am the one who is so ashamed of leading our listeners astray, perhaps you'll tell, uh, our, uh, tell the people what this show is about. I would love to. So um, the reason we are not talking about what we had planned to talk about this week is because we were able to line up a special interview with these two fine folks who are joining us tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about evangelism. What? I know. I know. Can Episcopalians <laughs> do that? different. <laughs> no, yes. we're doing stuff a little bit different on the call this week, <laughs> but... Frank and Nuria, in full disclosure, uh, Brendan and I are all part of the Acts 8 movement, and um, we have some interesting stuff, I think, to talk about related to the ways that evangelism is changing in today's culture. You know, there's this thing called the interwebs. I've heard of that. that. It's made (laughs) up of tubes, I hear. (laughs) I have heard, yeah, a series of tubes, I think. They all emanate from Al Gore's house somewhere in Tennessee. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So we're going to talk about digital evangelism. Can that happen? (laughs) Well, Frank, why don't you kind of uh, kick us off? You have, you sort of instigated a uh, project around Christmas 
um, that, that is going to be doing um, round two here imminently for Ash Wednesday. Can you talk a bit about what you've created here? Sure, I'd be happy to. I, um, as we were leading into Christmas, I was thinking that it, would be, it was a shame that the Episcopal Church didn't have more of a cohesive presence uh, to announce itself uh, to, the, to the world. And I've been a little frustrated at times that we don't have something uh, that's available to help people put the word out on how they can connect with Jesus Christ through the Episcopal Church. And, you know, I, I guess maybe I thought that should be something like TV ads, radio ads or something. But as I was thinking about it leading up to Christmas, I realized that really Facebook would provide an appropriate venue. It's available for very cheap. I had the ability to make a video, so I put out to some friends within the Acts 8 movement, why don't we do a Christmas video that any uh, parish uh, could share uh, online for free. And um, very kindly, David Sibley in uh, Long Island uh, wrote a script for it. Uh, we worked on that a little bit, and I created a video using some video clips either that I had made or largely from uh, videoblocks.com that I could then use to offer for free according to their license so that any church could use it without violating copyright. And uh, we were able to put it together fairly quickly and I was proud of it. And uh, friends in Acts 8 Movement recorded the audio for it so that we had a number of voices um, and I felt that it got us going a good direction. And then Nuria uh, was able to put together directions for people to take that video, customize it for their own church, and then create a Facebook ad. Nuria, you want to share something about that? Sure, thanks. Well, what I've found in life is often we think we can't do something and we don't try. And for a lot of time I was like that until at some point I realized that I was learning by trying. And I decided when I got this video that I might as well try and learn publicly to demonstrate that it was possible for somebody who didn't know what she was doing to do it anyway. So we needed to show the church that I serve, I wanted to use the video in a Facebook ad. I wanted to customize it with our Christmas Eve and Christmas Day service times, and I wanted to publish it to Facebook. And I had been helped by people who had done screen recordings as they did things and I thought why don't I make a screen recording as I do these things so that anyone who wants to can follow along and do it themselves. Now Frank and Acts 8 Movement folks put some great tutorials on the same blog post that included the video that was downloadable and so I on my blog just went I don't know what I'm doing and yet I did it. It took me less than 20 minutes and it took less than $20 to make a Facebook ad that reached, it ended up reaching almost 2,000 people, which I personally find astonishing. This wasn't possible 10 years ago. No. Just being able to make it evident that an amateur can do this and it can work, I think was a message that the church needed needs to hear. Yeah, and you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about the results of your campaign here in a minute, uh, but I want to go back to to one other uh, thing that I found really striking about the video, uh, which was that the message was uh, not "Come see how great our church is," 
but it was about this is what Christmas means. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank, can you talk maybe a little bit more about uh, about the thought that was going into that message? Sure. I, you know, I look around where I've lived and served, and I find that the, you know, everywhere I go, there's nobody actually looking for the Episcopal Church, hoping the Episcopal Church gets its act together. And yet everywhere I go, I, I think people need Jesus. Um, and I think that Christmas and Easter are both wonderful times to connect to that, that, you know, all of us see people walking around with a God-sized hole in their heart, and they're really thinking that the one place that doesn't have the answer is, is the church, whatever church that might be. And so the idea of convincing people that the Episcopal Church is, you know, the best thing since sliced bread really doesn't interest me because that's not what got me to the Episcopal Church, but it was where I could be faithful to Jesus. And it's made a real difference in my life, but I don't really like selling the Episcopal Church, as it were, (laughs) so much as talking about the gospel. And, And you know, honestly, if people saw that ad and it touched their hearts and they went back to the Methodist Church they had last attended, that's a win for me. Totally. Yeah. So... Obviously, I did it as an Episcopal priest who really has found the Episcopal Church to be the home I needed uh, to be a faithful Christian. But that doesn't mean that I think our Kool-Aid tastes the best and nobody else has, uh, you know, anything else. (laughs) And I don't think we have a corner on the God market. So I I think talking about it in a different way is good. David Sibley, who's been a, a guest here on the Collect Call, uh, wrote the original script that we cut a little bit to, you know, make time. But I, I think he had the the right words to to put to that to to really talk about what Christmas means. The message of Christmas is that on a night not that different from any other night, two thousand years ago, God took on human flesh and was born in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. This Christmas season, in the midst of the often frantic rush of the holidays. God invites us to take the time to receive that good news. We are loved so completely that God became like us in the person of Jesus. Jesus knew our joys and our sorrows, our hopes and our fears, our life and our death, that we might know God more fully. That joy is for all people. That no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter whom you love, God loves you, period. Above all, may you rest in the knowledge that God deeply knows you, deeply loves you, and deeply cares for you. The babe, the son of The Episcopal Church welcomes you. What I found really moving about the script, um, in addition to the gorgeous videography that you laid with it, Frank, was that it, it kind of spoke to this craziness of... of culture at the around Christmas time that you know there's all this moving around and and getting ready and spending money and doing all these things especially um, you know when you have children I think every night for two weeks I was off doing a different thing with Chelsea's Girl Scout troop or her school play or whatever you know and and then it's Christmas ta-da open presents it's over the end and um, and what I loved about that particular video that we did was that it said there's something more special about Christmas than this kind of 
pile of crumpled up wrapping paper. <laughs> right, right. The busyness you know. isn't all there is. Right, yeah. right. And it really, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm in this work. I do this stuff. Although not for pay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, but, but you know, I, I forgot that. I forgot it until I saw the the final video. I was like, oh yeah, that is the thing. <laughs> so um, it's a good reminder, even for those of us who are involved. Wonderful. Yeah, the idea of having a video be the the communicating device it enabled people to get a sense of what would they hear at the church if they came. I, I didn't realize how important that was when, when you were originally doing it, but as I've reflected on it, it I, I wasn't raised in the church, I became a Christian as an adult, and I had a healthy suspicion of church for a long time, but putting something that had a spiritual message in a video, in a Facebook, it, it would enable someone to get a taste of the church's teaching without taking the risk of entering the doors. Mm-hmm. And when you get that taste, and it tastes like something you're hungry for, then I think you're more willing to take the risk of entering a real life community. Nuria, you mentioned that you came to the Christian church as an adult. Frank, what's your background? Well, I uh, grew up in the church. I uh, grew up actually uh, in the Church of God. Uh, I tried to put the fun into fundamentalism, and I found it just <laughs> it just wouldn't go. I couldn't do it. And I've been trying to put the spirit and spirituality, and it's been a little bit better fit. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, um, I, I've been all in for Jesus for a long time, and, but, but I, uh, you know, I, I found that this is a way that I can live into faith that is in me with integrity. Um, and it took me a while. I, I attended the church, Episcopal Church, for 12 years before I decided to be confirmed and, and, and settle down. I, um, mm-hmm. Maybe I had also developed a healthy suspicion of church, um, having come along um, with a, a more fundamentalist background that, that made me suspicious of church, um, but I was pretty sure that Jesus was okay. Um, so it, it, it took a little bit of deciding that the Episcopal Church was where I would put down roots, um, but it's been a good home for me. So, Nuria, you wrote uh, recently a blog post about the experience of, of taking this message and putting it out on Facebook and putting a little bit of money behind it. And uh, one of the things I thought was um, uh, that, that, respond, that I responded to most in your blog post was you said, numbers are people, uh, and that's why the numbers are worth paying attention to. So uh, tell us about the numbers. Well, thank you. And you hit one of my... Uh, church bugaboos so often in the church we hear it's only numbers it doesn't matter and not when you're counting people those people are not (laughs) only numbers that don't matter those people are human souls so um we spent $19.48 as it turned out I had put a limit of $20 on the Facebook ad and I guess they cut it off a little bit ahead of that and we had the highest Christmas Eve and day attendance that we had had in five years now I will say um, we are a, it's a growing church but um, when you look I posted on my blog post the a chart of the last five years Christmas Eve and day attendance and it's like all over the map actually after this past one that we had the second highest attendance in the past five years was 2011 um, so it's kind of like up down up down but it was 13 percent higher than it was for 2014 uh, which I 
find astonishing, given that what we spent on that was $19.48. Well, and your blog post is one of those rare corners of the internet where reading the comments is edifying because you weren't alone in those results. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, we had a few different people um, write in to say, yes, we also used the ad. And I had one person who said we saw a 32% increase, um, although they had made a change in the timing of their service. Um, we had someone else that wrote in with a 21% increase over 2014 that spent $32.37. Um, another uh, individual that wrote in saying they were up 12% over last year um, doing the same kind of process that I used. And um, then uh, I believe it's uh, Brendan O'Sullivan Hale here. <laughs> Who is that? Huh. Who's that, Who guy? Is that guy? What a weirdo. <laughs> wrote in to say he didn't see you didn't see a jump in your attendance number but you also I um, I know from some of our conversations you you didn't um, you had a different strategy and a different audience that you were trying to reach than the one that I was seeking so what this all says to me is wow we need more experiments right right mm -hmm. a lot more you know though when yeah. I read your um, the comments as well as your blog post Nuria one of the things I remembered was uh, previous Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple, who was uh, Archbishop of Canterbury during World War II, said, people tell me that, you know, uh, I, I say that when I pray, good things happen, and they tell me it's just a coincidence. And he said, I noticed that when I don't pray, it doesn't, those coincidences don't, ha coincidences don't happen. I feel like that with these ads. People placed ads, and they had higher attendance on Christmas. Well, maybe that's a coincidence. But maybe if he didn't place the Facebook ads, the coincidence wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, Christmas is like a whole liturgical season ago now. Right. Um, yeah, it's so last What's year. coming yeah. up now? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Frank, what is coming up now? Lent. Lent, my favorite liturgical season of the year. Lent is <laughs> spring. The days are lengthening. We're opening up our hearts to... Jesus in a whole new way as we prepare for Easter. And so, a new video. A new video. Hello. <laughs> so, so, tell us about this one. Sure. I, I, you know, I was thinking that what we need to do next is Easter. And then when I thought about that, you know, we got a number of churches on board with creating a Christmas video. And if we're going to do an Easter video, how much better, one, for people who might want to go to Easter that they've already attended Ash Wednesday and taken part in Lent, all the better. But even if not, if they see an Ash Wednesday ad from uh, on Facebook, by the time they see an Easter ad, they might be that much more open to it. So one, right. sure, I hope that a, an Ash Wednesday ad would actually bring people into church on Ash Wednesday. But I think my bigger hope is that it sets the stage for an Easter ad that can do even better. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, put the word out there again, and, and um, this time Adam Trambley in northwest Pennsylvania uh, wrote a, a really nice script that I thought in very short form said some things that needed to be said about Ash Wednesday. We tightened it up just a little bit more. Uh, and then I turned to two uh, voice experts. Um, you may have heard of them. They're the host of the Collect Call. <laughs> Unlike the call, it usually deals with a collect. <laughs> but, but the host of the Collect Call, uh, Brendan O'Sullivan-Hale and Holly Powell, uh, recorded the voices for that. 
And then having learned my lesson at Christmas that really we should offer something in Spanish as well, I reached out to the Reverend Alex Montesvea uh, at uh, St. Mary Magdalene Church in Maynard, Texas, a fellow church planter of mine. And he and his sister Sandra Montes translated uh, the Spanish and also did the voices for a second video in Spanish to be launched at the same time. And uh, I'm just very pleased to be able to put the word out for Ash Wednesday as we look forward to keeping a holy Lent together, 40 days of preparing for Easter. 2,000 years ago, the Son of God issued an invitation, repent and believe the good news. This Ash Wednesday, the Episcopal Church invites you to join with millions of Christians throughout the world as we respond to Jesus' invitation. Repentance doesn't mean beating ourselves up, making ourselves miserable, or being overwhelmed by shame. Repentance means turning from things pulling us toward death so that we can turn toward Jesus, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. We hope you will join us on Ash Wednesday as together we accept Jesus' invitation to repent and believe the good news. The Episcopal Church welcomes you. Well, I, I think this is a really great video, Frank, and it's not just because, you know, I'm saying 50% of the words in it. Um, <laughs> uh, you say um, 47%, if that bothers you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> Keep it real. Yeah, it Keep is. it real for Providence 4. <laughs> It's lovely. The imagery is lovely, and you can really tell that this time um, you did more videography work in terms of creating original images for the ad, and that, I think, speaks to um, a, a, great, a great understanding that this, this work matters. We need to figure mm-hmm. it out. We need to put some attention and time towards it. So, But thank you, Frank, because you're the one that's yeah. getting that ball rolling. You know, well, and I think it's amazing that that Christmas video came together over the course oh. of literally a couple of days. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for, for that to do as well as it did, given the time crunch we were under, uh, this one really shows uh, what you can do when you're... When you like prepare, yeah, it's it's when amazing. You have, like, we a had month. Um, four priests and a deacon take part in imposing ashes on nineteen different people at three different churches, um, and uh, that scope is uh, amazing to me. That people got involved, uh, were ready to show up and take part. Uh, it was just wonderful. Yeah, it really it's really beautiful, and I know we're all talking about something that you will not have seen yet, but um, maybe by the time you hear this, you will have seen it. Um, what's the schedule for um, it, its publication? What we're planning on is launching the video uh, two weeks out from um, Ash Wednesday. So you've got a week to customize your video. Uh, Nuria will hold your hand on that with a blog post that will be coming out shortly. Uh, You can see how you can customize the video to add your church's name, website, uh, service times into it. Uh, And even if you don't do that, you can post it with a Facebook ad that's still listed in the uh, text of the ad itself. And then you've got a week to get people's attention. And really a week away from Ash Wednesday is plenty of time for people who weren't planning Uh on it to come. Mm -hmm. So we're um, looking at launching this on Wednesday about the time you're hearing this podcast or maybe you've 
maybe it's already been launched and you're just hearing the podcast. And then you'll have plenty of time to, to learn how to customize the video. To both of you, I guess, were there any kind of surprises as far as the reception that people, you know, the way that people took the Christmas video, um, anything that that you didn't anticipate that would be, um, that was exciting to people or that was upsetting to people or anything of that sort? Well, I thought there was some legitimate um, feedback about the diversity of images in the video. Uh, You know, as you all said a minute ago, we put it together pretty quickly. I was looking for things that I could use that were either at video blocks where I have a subscription and and could use it um, completely royalty-free or images in the public domain. And frankly, for images of the nativity, that largely meant Western art and so largely meant Mm -hmm. white depictions of... Uh, the nativity, which are not my preference. Uh, and so we, we heard that feedback. After the first video launched, uh, we looked at doing one in uh, Spanish language, and I was able to add a few more images, largely because um, Alex Montesvea's church, um, St. Mary Magdalene in Manor, had some pictures from previous um, Easter, um, sorry, had some pictures from previous Christmas pageants and also Epiphany, and I was able to work those in that helped us a little bit, but I learned that we needed to reflect uh, more of the diversity to which we aspire and to which some of our churches are already there. And so um, for this video, being able to shoot live video of actual Episcopalians and real churches gave me the ability to show um, diversity, you know, really present. I mean, this morning uh, I was at St. Paul the Apostle in Savannah, uh, and I had seven people who showed up to help uh, have the ashes imposed on them so that I could film them. It's just wonderful. I mean, you know, I filmed at the um, Martin Luther King Parade uh, as we finished that in Savannah. I filmed at St. Matthew's Episcopal Church here and had people come out. So these are real Episcopalians getting ashes imposed on them as they're looking forward to Lent themselves, um, taking part in a video. So, yeah, we, we did... Um, you know, have some, I think, good and healthy pushback on the first uh, video. And, you know, we want to learn from that and, and be more aspirational in how we reflect the faith that is in us uh, because the body of Christ is a whole lot bigger uh, than what we might see in any one individual church on a given Sunday. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, um, I think that for Easter. I know there's a there's an English and a Spanish version for the Ash Wednesday video, and we've we've made arrangements to have the Easter video translated into um, Dinka. What's it? Dinka. Dinka yes. is the uh, language spoken the language in South the Sudan. Sudanese. There's a lot of Episcopalians. Uh, the Episcopal Church in, in South Sudan is very strong, and there have been a number of refugees over time, and in refugee communities around the United States, in a number of different states, we have congregations that are Dinka congregations. And uh, we're working uh, with uh, Megan in the Acts 8 movement, uh, who's working with a Dinka pastor to help us to do a Dinka language video as well. And that's another way to reflect the diversity already present because when you look at a refugee community just being able to offer the gospel in their own language is an easter invitation has got to be just a such a much better way of saying christ welcomes you to come worship with us this easter and i'm i'm really glad to be able to do that 
Yeah, and I would say too to those of you listening, if you um, are aware of a, another language that you think that we would we could uh, translate into, and you know someone who would be willing to help us with that, um, you know, shoot us a, ne- a message on Twitter or through email, because um, you know I think that we would all be incredibly open to to making that happen if we can. Yeah, Chinese and uh, Haitian Creole come to mind. Yeah, Haitian Creole mm-hmm. was 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 right in mind, and and Hmong as well. Uh, we have a, a number of Hmong congregations. Um, that are, um, you know, from the hill country around Cambodia and Vietnam, and and the Episcopal Church has done some great work. And I'm actually looking at how I might be able to reach out about uh, doing a video for Hmong uh, congregations. That's really cool. Yeah, and I I, t- I just think that uh, you know one of the things that's always been really powerful to me about worship at General Convention is the. Um, the reading of the the scriptures in other languages and uh, and the praying sometimes in other languages and how um, I imagine how impactful that must feel to um, be able to hear these things in your native tongue um, when that's so that's such a privileged position for me to be in to to always expect to hear the gospel in in the language that I grew up listening to so. Um, you know, I, I definitely think anything that the Episcopal Church can do to to show that we are open to that is, is a good thing. I agree. I agree. And if we're going to put out a video that people can customize for social media, all the better to be able to customize it to the language of the people. I mean, the, really the great movement within the that became the Anglican tradition in the Church of England at the time of the Reformation was we want the Scripture and the liturgy in the language of the people. That's really our roots. That's what resulted in the King James Bible. The King James Bible wasn't to be written in something lofty that people didn't know or understand. It was to take the Latin and put it in a way that people understood in their bones. And so anytime we can take the gospel of Jesus Christ and put it into a language that's just what people speak, all the better, all the truer to our own tradition. We've been talking about this particular uh, series of videos, but I guess backing up a little bit, you know, in your own work, um, both Frank on a diocesan level and Nuria at a parish level, I mean, how important is um, doing this kind of evangelism work through social media or having a, a good website? I mean, how, how important is that? I would say I don't think you could find anything more important in the 21st century to communicate the love of God than by having a presence on the internet, which is where the people that aren't already in your building are. So um, especially and I con- the congregations in our diocese, um, there's a real wide variety of web presence. Um, and it's one of the things that is a burden on my heart that I haven't managed to figure out how to lift um, by action to try to help our congregations that don't have, we have churches that don't have a website still, um, that don't have a Facebook page, that don't really know that there are people on the other end of those tubes called the internet yeah. that are human <laughs> beings that want to know who God is and that don't even know that there's a community of people who are inheritors of a beautiful tradition and wrestling with 
who they're called to be in the light of Christ. I mean, they just don't even know. And now we have an internet. Let's use it to make that clear. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that um, Google's been good about putting forward is is the moments in people's lives when they are looking for answers. See, that's the thing about digital evangelism that flips the script. It doesn't say, I'm running into you in front of a convenience store and I'm going to hand you a tract. That's when I have time to talk to you about the gospel. And you're just busy trying to get milk and eggs. This is when somebody's out there and they have time and they're looking for something. We want to be there to say that our relationship with Jesus Christ has mattered to us and we'd like you to know about it, but not when it's inconvenient to know you, mm-hmm. but when it's, when it's a time when one of those moments when you're looking for something, for us to be there and to say, look, this has made a difference in my life. I wish you knew about it. Not from a place of, um, just from a humble place, from a place of, look, I don't have all the answers, but this has made a difference for me. Uh, and if it's made a difference for me, then maybe it'll make a difference for you. Can I well, tell a uh, story? Yeah. I am on uh, I'm on this mom group on Facebook, um, which is really it's about how mostly it's about housekeeping, honestly. And um, but it's a Facebook group. And one day that uh, when I was on it, I noticed that there was someone who had posted a comment that she had been looking for a church for three years. Hmm. And I, I just felt really sad about that. You know, it shouldn't take you three years to find a church. And this person, I, I confessed to a little Facebook lurking, so I went over to her profile, I saw where she lived, and I looked up the Episcopal church that was closest to her. Um, and I replied to her comment to say, yeah, I'm sorry, anybody that's been looking for a church for three years, my heart goes out to you. Um, it has been a blessing to me to discover this church, um, and I just want you to know about it. Um, all I know from that exchange is that she clicked like on my comment, um, and <laughs> I have no idea whether anything came of that for her, but I, I hope in that moment, I, wanted, I just wanted to share. I wanted to share the gifts that I have received. Well, and one thing that I do know, and obviously we don't know about this particular individual, but um, All Saints has been growing at a... Uh, at a steady clip um, over the last uh, few years, so not 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 exploding, but but we're going the right direction, and we know uh, from uh, talking with many of our newcomers uh, that they uh, were keeping an eye on us on our website and on Facebook in some cases for months before they ever came in the door. I've found so, that also uh, just that people will connect online for some time and and, you know I I remember somebody telling me uh, when I was uh, the pastor of a congregation they said you know uh, it became that I realized that when I wasn't going to church on Sunday it was your church that I wasn't going to (laughs) because I I began to to read the sermons after the fact and to to look at things and you know on Sunday think well I'm going to go this week and then yeah some things would fall apart and I wouldn't go but it was your church that I wasn't going to. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. It's a lot to get over the threshold, um, and you know that's why I thought let's do an Ash Wednesday ad to help with an Easter ad because honestly, yeah. it took me a, a little while to decide to trust the Episcopal Church. Uh, it took a little while for the message to sink in and decide that you know maybe these were Christians who I don't know were were more 
open in a way that I wasn't finding elsewhere. And that, that sounds negative. I, I'm not negative of the church I came from. I, it taught me a lot. I grew in many ways. Uh, but, but I know that I found a home within the Episcopal Church that's really helped me to connect to God in a more meaningful way. I know uh-huh. there's people out there who need other churches the same way I needed the Episcopal Church. But I also know there's people who really won't be able to follow Jesus in the way they feel they should until they find the Episcopal Church. Yeah. And yeah. putting these breadcrumbs out on the Internet are a way to do that. Well, listeners, uh, the tools are out there uh, for you to uh, stop listening to this show and uh, download the videos and start evangelizing uh, online. Um, Where can they find uh, the video? Axe8movement.org. Axe, the word, eight, the number, movement.org. Wonderful. And then, uh, Nuria, I know uh, your blog post, uh, Helping People uh, Figure Out How to Customize the Video, if they want to, you don't have to, uh, will be out in a couple days, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll broadcast that through uh, Acts 8 Facebook and Twitter and all that. Yep, and if you're in a hurry and you want to know how to do it right now, just go backwards to when I did it for Christmas. Um, you can find that at churchwork. Dot com and just scroll down a few blog posts and you'll see me customizing the Christmas video and it'll work the same way. Wow, Christmas and Ash Wednesday have the same technology. Shocking. Who knew? Cool. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> so uh, where can our listeners uh, find you uh, online, Nuria? Um, churchwork.com is my blog home. Um, plainsongfarm.com is the farm ministry that I'm part of beginning. And St. Andrews GR, S-T-A-N-D-R-E-W-S-G-R.org is the church that I serve. Um, I'm on Twitter at at Nuria. Great. And Frank? You'll find me at loosecanon.georgiaepiscopal.org. Loosecanon, C-A-N-O-N, not two N's, that's a weapon, .georgiaepiscopal.org. And on Twitter, you are at Frank Lowe? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you can find us on Twitter uh, at The Collect Call, uh, or send us an email at The Collect Call at acts8movement.org. And if you do uh, decide to share or customize and share um, this video for Ash Wednesday, uh, if you would shoot us a note, uh, either through Twitter or email, and let us know uh, how that worked, if you are able to discern any change in your attendance or anything like that, just any um, positive or negative feedback that you might have, you know, that's really helpful to all of us as we uh, move forward so uh, please do we can learn a lot from how you use it for example there was one user uh, you may not have heard of him his name is brendan o'sullivan hale who when he (laughs) customized the video he added uh, subtitles and we found that on facebook because you don't hear the sound until you click on it subtitles can be a big help so both spanish and english language videos now have subtitles thanks to one intelligent user and so we'll be watching to see what others learn as well. Yep. Our parent organization is the Acts 8 Movement uh, on the web at acts8movement.org or on Facebook and Twitter at Acts 8 Movement. 
And our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, which is distributed under a Creative Commons license, and you can find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. Frank and Nuria, thanks for doing this. Um, and would you stick around and um, join us for an actual real episode? Why, of course. That'd be great. <laughs> Hooray! Well, join us uh, in a few days, and we will be dropping an episode for the Feast of the Presentation of Our Lord. Uh, we'll see you soon. Let our mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly-minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descended, our full homage to 